0: Alright, well I'm going to kick things off by asking you to turn in your Bibles. So maybe you've got like a physical Bible you want to pull out, or maybe yours is on your iPad or your phone. Wherever your Bible is, pull that out. And also if you've got a pen, or a pencil, or a highlighter, or a crayon, or whatever you want to use, get that out too. And just to remind you, um, if you don't have a Bible, this is a great place to bring one. Um, You can write in them. Don't hesitate. My daughter's been painting in hers. She's poured tea accidentally in hers. It's crazy. Um, if you need a Bible, you can't afford one, let us know. We would love to have to get you one. Um, so don't hesitate with that. But I'm going to want you to highlight some things this morning. So this is Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be going verses 1 through 4a, but I want to start with verse 1 here. All right, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to highlight or underline or whatever you want to do the words your country, your kindred, your father's house, and the land that I will show you. Now, before you go off to daydream land and um, start, you know, imagining whatever you guys daydream about. Sometimes I would sit in church and I would daydream about winning a million dollars. I'm sure God was proud of that. Anyways, and you're probably wondering, why should we pay attention? Well, well, I want you to understand what's happening here. This is really important. This is a long time ago. So this is, this is way before airplanes and, and cars. And this is way before so many countries and cities Uh, were developed and populated, okay? This is old school. And you've got this guy Abram, and he's living in his country. And you know he loves his country. And he's got his kindred, he's got his family, right? His kin, his family, his friends. He's got his father's house. In other words, the house he grew up in The house he's going to eventually inherit. So he's got a lot riding here, right? And what does God say to him? Go. Go from your country. Leave your country. Leave the family and the friends you have. Leave your father's house where you grew up. And leave what you were going to inherit. And ready, here's the kicker. And go to... The land that I will show you. In other words, I'm not telling you where you're going. It's the land that I will show you. The land that I will show you. Now think about that for a moment. What if God came up to you and said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to leave the United States of America. Now some of you might be saying, that's no big deal. I want you to leave you're kindred. And some of you are thinking, man, I would love to leave some of my family behind. Are you kidding me? Leave your father's house. All right. I've had some plans. I've got an inheritance. I've got things I want to do. And go to a place that I will tell you about later. What would you say to that? How would you respond to that? Now, God does kind of add a kicker here. Let's go to the next verse. He does say, listen, this is what I want you to do. You're going to do this because I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed you. So what I want you to do now is highlight, underline, whatever, all the words that say they yeah, have blessed in them. Yeah. So "bless," blessing, "bless," "bless," and blessed. In other words, God says to Abram, if you leave everything, and if you go to this place I'm not going to tell you about, your reward is going to be not money. It's not going to be long life and health and long life and no problems. It's going to be... A blessing. Okay. You're going to be blessed. And other people are going to be blessed through you. So what does Abraham do? Let's go to the next verse. I love this. It says, So, Abram went. He didn't hesitate. He didn't argue. He didn't bargain. Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now, how was he able to do that? How in the world was Abram able to leave everything that was important to him, everything that was dear to him, all of his future plans, leave it all behind and go to a place that he doesn't know where he's going? Well, the good news is we have the answer in the book of Hebrews. Go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 Through ten, Hebrews eleven verses eight through ten, it says, "By faith, Abram or Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country." He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So how did Abraham do this? Well, underline and highlight, by faith. By faith, Abraham left everything obeyed God and went to a place he didn't know where he was going. So, the big question today for everybody here is simply this. How is your faith? How is your faith? If God called upon you and said, Hey, there's a place I want you to go. I'm not going to tell you where it is. Not yet. But you need to go. You're gonna be leaving some people behind. Some of your plans are gonna change. What would you say? Or maybe it was a little simpler. Maybe God said, Listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go across the street, or I want you to go across the hall. I want you to go to this person and tell them about your relationship with Jesus. What would you do? Now, we're all sitting in church. So we all know the church answer, what we hope would be the right answer. We'd all be like, oh yeah, we're going. No argument, no hesitation, no nothing. God says go, we're going to go. But how do we make sure that that's going to be our answer? How do we make sure we have enough faith? How can we get our faith to grow? How can we get so much faith that we'll always say yes to God? Well, what's interesting about this is that as I was working on this, I came across a scripture that I'm sure I had read before but it hadn't stuck out the way it did this past week in my mind and it's Luke chapter 17 and let's start with verse 5 this is classic the apostles said to the Lord so the apostles are talking to Jesus and they and they and they basically it's really an intense kind of outcry but they say increase our faith they don't go "Uh, increase our faith No, they go, Jesus, increase our faith. Now, this is awesome, right? Don't you think this is awesome? They didn't say, Jesus, give us lots of money. Jesus, give me the husband or the wife that I want. Jesus, give me the home or the future that I want. They're asking for faith, their faith to be increased. So you would think that Jesus at this point in time would be pumped and he would be ready to share with them The secret, right? The secret recipe to building faith. So let's look at what Jesus says in the next verse. Verse 6. Jesus replies. He says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now, Let's get a visual on this. Okay? That's the size of a mustard seed. Not very big, right? You can't get much smaller than this mustard seed. But Jesus is saying, if your faith is this size, you can tell bushes. Why you'd want to tell a bush to do this, I don't know. But you could tell a bush to get up and go and plant itself in the sea, and it will do it. So what is Jesus really trying to say to these apostles? Is he trying to be silly, goofy, funny? No, he's being serious. He's saying, listen, it's not about the size of your faith. It's not about the amount of faith. You have this little faith, this much this tiny, this small faith, and you can do amazing things. So what is it about? Well, let's go back to Abraham. Go back to Abraham. And that one verse that we just looked at in Hebrews. Verse 10, what does it say? For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Well, what city is this? Well, when you came in This morning, you may have heard it, you may not have heard it, in the countdown was a psalm by a group called U2. It's called Where the Streets Have No Name. What is that place where the streets have no name? It's this place. It's where the foundations whose architect and builder is God. It is heaven. It is heaven. Abraham had faith. Abraham had faith because where was his focus? It was on God. It was on heaven. The psalmist puts it really well in Psalm 37, verse 4. The psalmist writes, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. So the question really is, along with how is your faith is, what do you take delight in? What are you taking delight in? Now look at Abraham for a minute. He had the world that he lived in, and I'm sure the people of the world were giving him advice, telling him what to take delight in. He had his family and his friends telling him what he should take delight in. He had his own ideas of what he should take delight in. But what did he delight in the most? He delighted in God, and so he obeyed God, and he followed God when God called. And God gave him the desires of his heart. Now, many of us are here today and we say, yes, well, we're, we, we have the right desires. Don't we? I mean, we're Christians, so we're desiring Christian things. So why wouldn't God want to give us desiring good Christian things? Let me, let me give you an example. Um, this past week, uh, because of Emily coming home for break and the power outage uh, at Roberts Wesleyan College and sarah just came home i had all four of my daughters home at the same time for the first time since christmas and it's just a hoot to have all four of them in the same room i just i just sit there and i watch like it's a tv it is a tv show it's an amazing it's an amazing tv show um and i know that my four daughters desire a husband and they desire someday to have grand well kids but you and, and I desire for them to have grandkids, not just grandkids, but I want three and four-year-olds, right? I mean, I like babies, don't get me wrong, but I like to have the kids so I can talk to them, right? We can communicate, and they still have to do what I want them to do, basically, because they are only three and four, so... But that's going to take some time because they've got to find the boyfriend, then they've got to get married, then they've got to be married for a while, then they've got to have a baby, and the baby's going to have to be at three to four. I mean, I've got a lot of time. I'm, I'm like, come on, God, let's get this thing moving. This is a godly thing that I want, right? But what are they supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Delight in God. In other words, God's got the plan. God knows when and if they're going to get married, and God knows when and if. They're going to have grandkids. And God knows when and if I'm going to have a three- or four-year-old to play with or I'm going to have to go grab one off the street and myself. I don't know what i got to do. But God's got that all figured out. And if we take delight in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. So this is what I want to do today for the next steps. Let's just start with you guys individually. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you do so number one what is god calling you to do what is god calling you to do he's telling you maybe to go somewhere or to do something right and are you doing it or are you hesitating and thinking huh that doesn't fit well with the world that's not going to go well with my family that's not really going to follow my, my plans. I got better ones. In fact, you know who struggles with this the most? Ministers. Yeah. We struggle with this the most because, well, we're pastors, so obviously you want to do godly things. So we come up with what we call godly plans, and we say, hey, God, we've got these godly plans. Come on, let's go. And God just stands there like, really? You think this how it works? That's not how it works. I've got the plans. I'm doing stuff. You come join me right so i understand what some of you might be going through today what you have to do is stop and say okay what am i trying to delight myself in where am i trying to find joy and and happiness is it making a whole bunch of money am i shooting for that car am i shooting for that house What is it that I've got working in my brain and stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute? Is this what God wants me to delight in, right? Because you don't have to have a lot of faith. You can't sit there and go, I don't have much faith, so I. No, a mustard seed. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. It's not about having tons of faith. It's about saying, hey, I'm going to look at the world the way God wants me to look at the world. Because God knows what he's doing. God's plans are perfect. Ours aren't. We may think we know what we're doing. But until we get on God's plan, on God's page, on God's level, we're not going to have the desires of our heart fulfilled. Now, let's take it to a bigger kind of picture. Um, God is not telling the Oak Ridge Tree Methodist Church to go. What he is saying is, here you go, right? He is bringing more and more people and saying, here you go. Minister to them. Love them. And so we've been doing some, and so we've been doing some really interesting things. Go to the next picture. That was, that was the room at the end of the hall. It used to be the red room, and then we painted it, and it looked like um, Sweet Frog, which is cool because I like those colors. But we tried to stuff 20 kids into that little room, yeah, turn the side lights off too here, see if we can get the side maybe. Because it's always better on the back. Yeah, we've got to fix the lighting here. Anyways, so Tuesday, guess what happened? Go to the next picture. Yeah, the trustees came in and just knocked that wall down. You know why? Because here's the deal. God says, here you go. And we say, okay, what should we do? And so we're knocking down walls. We're figuring out how to make more room for more people. Now, I'm telling you, a lot of churches aren't doing this. Because what happens is, God says, here you go. And we go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I liked my small church. I liked knowing everybody's name. Well, folks, that that ship has sailed, right? Well, I like my my seat. This is where I sit all the time. What's going to happen if I come into church and someone's sitting in my seat? Get another one. I, I... It's not about that, but it could be, right? So what we have to do is say, okay, God, you're blessing us with all these people. You're saying, here we go. So we'll go. We'll do whatever you want us to do. We'll trust you. We'll be used by you. You will bless us, and we will be a blessing to people. We will be a blessing to this community. That's that's what we're shooting for. And I'm excited to say that's that's the direction that we're going in. So on Easter Sunday, we will have three services in the morning. We'll have 8.30, uh, 10, and 11.30 so we can fit everybody. Now, what are we going to do after that? Well, it depends. If we can add more chairs in here and add more space, then maybe we can just stay with the the services we have. But if we can't, we'll have to add another service. doesn't matter though, right? What we're going to do is whatever God wants us to do because God is already doing it and we've got to join Him. We've got to have faith. We've got to delight. Delight ourselves, Right? And what God wants us to delight ourselves in. So be praying. Be praying. In fact, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful. We are so thankful for Abraham. And for his life and the way he just trusted you. The way he followed you. By faith. Because he was focused not on himself, but he was focused on heaven. He was focused on you. He was focused on your will. And you gave him the desires of his heart. So Father, we pray that you help each one of us to do that. To focus so much on you that you will change maybe some of the desires that we have. And change them into the ones that you want us to have. And as we focus on you and do your will, that you will fill those desires of our heart. Father, we thank you for the way that you've been blessing our church and the lives that we keep getting to minister to on a weekly basis. Father, you are doing what you are doing, and you haven't really told us exactly everything you're doing and exactly where we're going to go, but that's okay. We just know that we're supposed to go. Here we go. So, Father, help us again to just not hesitate, but be obedient. And, Father, I want to pray for anyone who is sitting here today and they're struggling. They're struggling. And maybe they wouldn't have put it this way before this morning, but the reason that they're struggling is because they're not delighting themselves in you. They're still holding on to the world for that. And so maybe they're torn and frustrated because they're not getting the desires of their heart because the desires of their heart are wrong, are dangerous, unhealthy. Lord, help them to know that they can trust you. Even though they don't know exactly everything, even though they don't know exactly where they're going, they can trust you because you love them. And Father, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.